Listen. Welcome back to the Dotcast from Nine Dots. Nine Dots is the online learning community for wedding photographers. Find out more and join up for full access to all the content in our famous member zone at nine-dots.co. Hello and a big welcome back. I'm Adam Johnson, one of the co-founders of Nine Dots, along with the ultra-talented Andy Gaines and Rahul Kona. In this series of DotCast episodes, I'm having a good old chat to some of the photographers in the Nine Dots community about how they approach their photography and run their businesses. You'll struggle to find a more positive wedding photographer than today's guest, Staffordshire-based Adam Lowndes. He describes himself as a super extrovert and he injects every ounce of his personality into his business. We'll get deep and talk about his perspective on life, being affected by the 2020 pandemic as a groom who's had to postpone his own wedding, and why he believes in actively making amazing memories for his couples over and above the relatively simple act of taking photos. You can't help but find Adam's genuinely positive attitude totally inspiring. As ever, if you've got comments or suggestions, or if you want to ask a question which we'll answer live in a future episode, get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, or email to hello at nine-dots.co. Happy listening. Knowing me, Adam Johnson, knowing you, Adam Lowndes, aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. Were you an Alan Partridge fan, or have you ever been an Alan Partridge fan? Oh, so... It's it's a weird thing to be honest. So I was raised on a lot of like American television. We got Sky pretty early, so all that like stuff got poured into my mind in a way. And I sort of picked up a fake American accent for a bit as well, which my family often goes me for. But um, when uh, when me and my partner Sarah started going out, uh, her dad would be like, "Oh, have you not seen this? Oh, whoa!" And it'd be almost like um, there'd be something missing from like the museum of television history within my mind. Uh, so uh, we watched Alan Partridge and I was a bit like, what, what, what is this? Like, what? am I meant to hate him? Am I meant to love him? I, like, where are we going with what? Like, and then just slowly and slowly loved it in a way. But, yeah. Oh, good. That's good though. That's good. But so I remember um, I had a mate back in the, when Sky first came out who had Sky and he was literally my only friend who had Sky and like me and him and like a few of other of our mates would all go to his house to watch The Simpsons every Sunday. It, it was it, it was it was a forefront of times. I'm telling you, <laughs> we, we didn't even our remote didn't even say Sky on it. That's 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 where we were. But yeah, I was I was incredibly lucky when I was younger. And uh... so I um I've heard of introverts and I've heard of extroverts, but you on your website describe yourself as a super extrovert. <laughs> What uh, what is it? What makes an extrovert a super extrovert? Oh, I, you know, it's it's just bizarre, really. I mean, like so many of my friends describe describe me like just as this like like when I get going, I'm unstoppable sort of thing. And then it's funny because when I'm just having a sort of like off day anyway, so I shot on Friday, and then on Saturday I was just feeling absolutely wiped out, and everyone was like, "What's wrong with you?" And I was just like. I'm just not talking. I'm I'm fine. I'm just having a quiet day in a way. And uh, yeah, but um, for those who don't know me, I obviously, as you probably already tell, speak at 155 miles per hour pretty much all the time and just love literally everything and love life. And <laughs> it's love, so true. Yeah, just, just literally have a, a zest. You know, I just 
Yeah, just love everything, basically, yeah. You do. I was watching your Instagram stories yesterday, because obviously we'll talk about this in a minute, but you shot a wedding yesterday. You were very passionate about it, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, do you think it's possible, because you're six foot seven, is that right? Yeah. Do you think it's possible to be six foot seven and not be an extrovert? Oh, it's really bizarre to be Like, so I, um, it's funny that you pick up on this, because I've, I've thought about this before in the past, and um, if you imagine yourself as a, a teenager and, you know, every teenager's got to grow confidence in a way. And I always think um, you've got to put yourself out there. But the problem with myself was people were coming to me. They they, they were they, they wanted to talk to me straight away. How tall are you? What's the weather like up there? Do you play basketball? Is your girlfriend that big? Are your mum and dad that big? Like just constantly, constantly, constantly. So you almost gain a bit of a bit of wit from that, a bit of confidence to talking to strangers, and yeah, uh, it's just it's just really bizarre. And then you really get great at uh, opening up like just random conversations. So I would say so, but I I've met some shy to other fellow tallies, but most people are <laughs> super friendly at all. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe you're onto something there. Do you mind? Do you mind uh, when people come in? The first thing they want to talk about is how tall you are. Oh, it's it's I like to think it doesn't really happen that much anymore. I almost um, think uh, maybe maybe people think it's discriminative now or something. Like it's gone completely the other way. I don't really mind it anymore. Like it got to a point where I, uh, it got really sarcastic. I was I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Probably in the uh, pre-pubescent, you know, the post-pubescent teenager, pre-adult kind of stage. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, that was that that was the angry sort of like you know egotistical phase of my life in a way but yeah <laughs> it must be it must be quite useful socially though to to have a conversation starter like a natural conversation starter sometimes yeah yeah it is really good and sometimes like obviously like moving on to weddings in a way people will come up to me and they will ask me that question or they'll say stuff like oh you don't you don't have to stand on anything get up there for those big group shots do you and uh, that was my random wedding guest number one uh, imitative voice, by the way. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, we're looking forward <laughs> more, to hearing the rest. More to come in the uh, in the back catalog. <laughs> but yeah, they'd say uh, stuff like that. And then we just chat and chat. And like, I, I just love all people. And I think um, oh, we're getting really deep, really fast here. But I think like business wise, like the more people I can have behind me, the, you know, the faster we'll move in a way. And also it is a, it is a time when... Um, and not that you're doing it for this reason, it's definitely not why I'm saying it, but it's cool to be positive. It's cool to be a positive person in this day and age. And so um, you are that naturally. You are naturally a very positive person. You are 100 miles an hour. I've said this to you before. I don't see, I, I'm not insulting you when I say that. And I don't think you take it as an insult either. But you're very friendly. You're very outgoing. And you're, and you're one of these people who instantly... Yeah, in, I, I, when I, I remember when I, the first time I spoke to you. You were not even you weren't very well that day. Which I think when I, when I met you at the NEC, and instantly, even though we only had like a probably a couple of minute chat, I thought oh, I feel like I've known him for a while because you just are that kind of friendly guy. But you talking about weddings because you are very tall. Do you find yourself having to crouch a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. And I can I can remember um, I didn't really think anyone used screens on cameras. So you like we've we've all got pop out screens now in a way, and they all go you know this way, that way, and every other way. But uh, I never really used mine. And then um, there came a point where people started using screens, and that was revolutionary for me because like I didn't like I, I could take an extra like two like two foot off like my my crouched position in a way so yeah it was uh it was a game changer when uh, i was like oh screens are cool i can use them yeah that's that's awesome i could tilt my little screen up and put my camera on the floor and not have to lie down in this grass or anything but yeah it's even better though sometimes i still lie down because 
people love it, don't they? <laughs> they do, they do. Yeah, yeah. And that plus that'll save you hunchback in years to come as well that you've been able to use the screen. Because you shoot Nikon D seven fifties, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And that was like the first camera, proper like wedding photography camera that had a screen, had a had a tilty screen. Yeah, good, good for you. But also because most, I guess, and it this is this will go more into like what your personality is in a lot of ways as well. But a lot of a wedding is just kind of capturing the action candidly, like documentary, whatever you want to call it. It's very difficult for somebody that's six foot seven to blend in and and be unnoticeable. I don't think that's possible for me anyway. Like I've second shot for people before way back when, and uh, I've got a I've got a really close friend, someone who we sort of like sort of grew up like shooting at the same time together, and she went off uh, through the head of me, and I sort of like uh, sort of trailblazed in her path and stole her, all her secrets. But uh, yeah, we were second shooting together one time, and. Uh, like I just wanted to talk, just constant, and she she was silent, and I just didn't get it. I was just like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I just wanted to be there within the wedding, and and very much so. Like I love it. Like I was discussing this the other day. Like I really like where people stare down the camera at random moments in the day, and they look at me with like joy on their face because that's how comfortable they feel when they when I'm taking their photograph and that's like a really personally like great moment for me in a wedding is when someone does that because I really feel like they wouldn't be looking at me like that unless they thought I was all right they thought I was cool they thought I was nice you know nice person because you're a total people person that's how I see you and I guess this is going to answer my next question before I've even asked it really but why did you get into weddings in the first place what why I mean, were you already a photographer and then started doing weddings or did you just get into weddings and photography at the same time? Oh, it's so, it all stems from the uh, post-teenage ego that I was talking about earlier, in a way. And um, yeah, uh, you know, picked up a camera in the, you know, 10 to 20 year old range and was messing around doing different things, music, skateboarding, nothing serious at all ever. And never never thought I'd be able to take a decent photo. Just wanted to mess around with Barker probably most of the time and stuff like that, you know, like everyone does. And then, um, uh, yeah, I went to America, did some work over there for a summer camp, like shooting. And then my sister asked me to take her wedding photographs. And I was like, yeah, got this. Easy. <laughs> Nailing this. And uh, yeah, it was it was incredibly hard. <laughs> but at the same time, it was incredibly amazing because yeah, I just I just sort of fell in love with it. And believe it or not, but the people part of the my my personality in the business was introduced at a later stage. And it was at first it was uh, more the artistic kind of side and creating like great photographs and stuff like that. And you know, orchestrating little moments here and there to get positive things. And then I would say, like, so I shot my first one in 2010, same year as you. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say, like, the last four years, five years, that's when the personalities really become, like, injected in a way. I can't even remember what the question was now. No, that's good. <laughs> why did you, it's like, why did you get, in, why did you choose weddings, though, as an outlet for your photography? Just yeah. because somebody, just because your sister asked you and... Yeah, basically, I, like, it was just like anyone else. I just, I just sort of fell into it. And then... More so now, it's completely changed, really, the reasoning that I do it. More so now, it affords me to lead a lifestyle that I really enjoy, which is a, a super flexible living. And, you know, I only have to show up to 40 days a year uh, where, you know, I have to keep those dates free. Any other time of year, I can just be with with everyone that I love, doing what I love, spending time at home with my dog, you know. And that's what I really care about, like, at the end of the day. Yeah, weddings are awesome, and I love doing this job, but... It's what it gives me in my personal time, which is the best. So, if you won, if you if you won Euro Millions, would you still would you still be a wedding photographer? I'd do it for free then. 
I, 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 I thought about this before, obviously, because my mind <laughs> thinks about a million things a, you know, a day. But uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd open some kind of like website where people's like submitted their hopes and dreams or something. And I was like, what's that guy in America who hangs out the big check? Like, I'd just turn up with a big like wedding photography, like camera <laughs> check thing and give it to people and be like, yes, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. I love you guys. <laughs> That's amazing though. I don't think a lot of people would would say that they would carry on if if uh if they didn't need to earn the money from it so that's it's cool because you were quite honest in the first way as well by saying that part of the reason you do it is because it's a bit it's a good business and it's a way to make money and have the lifestyle that you want around the the working days or you know the wedding days so obviously there's work to be done on the other days but like you say you can you can fit it in whenever you feel like it. you can do it at 11 p.m or 7 a.m or all on Sundays or whatever you want to do at that point, can't you? That's two honest answers, but I think that goes to show that that you get a lot out of it on a personal level. The actual being present on the on the wedding days, being part of the wedding days, and putting your personality onto it. But you know, talking about like the personality side of it, why do you think it was that in those first five years that you didn't really feel able to kind of go full full Adam Lounds? <laughs> the first five years was was more so like getting to that stage where I could just take great wedding photos in a way. Like, so like the standard photos, like confetti, walking down the aisle, first kiss and those kind of things. And then once I got that down and then once I started shooting Aperture Priority as well, like I could just leave the camera, like the camera just was, was its own thing. And yeah, okay, I have to remind myself it exists now and again and change some settings and stuff. But then it just afforded me the like lifestyle to just do what I wanted on a wedding day in a way. And I didn't have to be tied down by setting a tripod up or setting this up or setting that up. My whole way I approach a wedding is just so that I can be myself basically, like, which is really strange in a way. But yeah, yeah, it's it, the picture's second because I want to just enjoy the day in a way. That makes a lot of sense. I, I actually think that personally, uh, that in about, in about 2014, 2015, it was almost like a lot, the photography, the wedding photography industry was given permission to do it the way you want to do it. And and whereas before that, to me, it, a bit more, not so much, but it felt more like you had to kind of, 90% of the time you had to kind of do the standard wedding photography approach. And, it, and if you were able to get a bit of your personality or a bit of, you know, your own take on the world and take on art into it, that, that was great. But then in 2015, I definitely felt a shift towards, you know what? Just go and do, be however you want to be, do whatever you want to do, make the work that you want to make. And I felt, I definitely felt a shift in, in about 2014, 2015. So maybe there's part, maybe that's part of it as well that you just, like how involved in the industry were you back then? Like non-existent. So like my involvement within the community, like if the industry, whatever you want to call it, is only been more so in the last like three, four years uh, since I, since I left uh, full-time employment to do this full-time. So I was always a part-time gig before that. And like, um, I got, I got some, I got, I got bit quite hard quite early. So I, um, I did this photograph and, uh, it was like, um, you remember those like umbrella photographs with the flash behind and then the, the, the like silhouette kind of thing. I'm just going to admit to these photos and I'm not ashamed. I'm the kind of person who will put this, you know, front and center on my page when I'm, you know, doing a big like talk at some point, you know, it was probably a gimmick of the time in a way, but, uh, I did that and posted it on some group. I, I think I was like on, you know, wedding photographers UK or something. It was very, very obvious uh, group name in a way. And uh, yeah, uh, this guy local to me reached reached out and was like, "Well, I just took that photo last week. Like, so you, are you copying my work now?" 
And I was like, whoa, I was only doing maybe five to 10 weddings at this point a year. And uh, just felt really sort of like, I was like, whoa, where's all this aggression coming from? And then, yeah, it wasn't until later when I sort of like decided to dip my toe again and went to like my first workshop and, you know, subsequently, you know, signed up for like, this is things like this is a reportage, nine dots, went to a few other workshops here and there, done some SEO stuff here and there that I really sort of like began to enjoy that because I sort of found my crowd in a way. So what you're basically saying is your first attempt at being part of a wedding photography community was quite a negative one and you felt shunned because you'd somehow, without even knowing it, had copied somebody else's yeah work. yeah very much so and there's a rule of thumb now so i don't know if you've noticed this in your research <laughs> but i don't follow any wedding photographers now on uh, my instagram account so the only people i follow on my business instagram account are my my couples and my mainly my brides you know because they're the only ones who use it and uh, yeah I'd, every time i go on instagram and you know you do that sort of like almost like knee-jerk reaction I'm like oh just open Instagram up because I'm not doing anything right now even though I am <laughs> and uh, yeah I can just check in on my brides and it helps build that relationship with them rather than looking at other people's work which maybe make me feel down if I'm not having a great day or if I'm feeling a bit upset about my own work you know I can, I, I can just interact with people and forget that there's a whole world of wedding photographers out there that are taking amazing pictures I can just focus on my own thing in a way. That's really healthy, I think, because you. But because at the same time, you are, you are. I would say you're quite an active member of the Ninox community. Like, if people ask for help in the Facebook group, you're you're always. You know, if it's something that you've you've got some some wisdom on or or passionate about, you're you're often one of the first to chip in and help other people. But I think that's the healthy way to use the industry is to ask for help when you need help, give help if somebody else needs help, but not use it in a way where you're like constantly comparing yourself to their work and why you know their pictures and all the rest of it so i think that's that's a really healthy balance yeah i mean criticism and you know feedback and stuff like that is so so healthy and i i would take anything from my work ever you know as long as it's you know constructive and in a kind way and you know with the nandots community like that that is literally the only group i'm a part of at the moment or even like i'm a part of other groups i just have them on silence and things like that this is another lifestyle choice in a way i just have all my groups on silence really and i'll just check in occasionally on the nine dots group and you know offer something in the way of an opinion and it's a you know a bit like with these podcasts you know gaining vast amount of opinion and seeing what what's there and it's really helpful in the nine dots group because it's not the kind of thing where people get sort of silenced in a way uh, so yeah. sometimes it's quite heated things to kick off and it's it's allowed to sort of like you know build in a way and then when it gets to a sort of a logical end in a way then it's ended you know it's not like one of these things where as soon as anything arises it's like shut down <laughs> yeah no, i think I, I think it's quite a grown-up group isn't it and it's allowed to be grown-ups having grown-up conversations yeah and not, be, not being so. o- not being over policed yeah no it's good that you see it that way the unique thing about the way that you approach and especially the way that you sell your wedding photography is that it is mainly based around the connection, the personal connection that you not, it's not so much based around pictures, is it? It's more based around that personal connection that you're able to make with your couples and you are passionate about making. So it's again, it's not like a sales pitch in a way that you're just saying the right, the thing that you think that is the right thing to say because it's going to get your business. Like that is what that's what you're. I mean, you're obviously passionate about making pictures, so I'm not. Don't yeah. don't take it. No, don't I know, take I know it what you're trying to say. Adam, don't worry. But what, what I'm saying is, like, you're you really see that as your like USP that is your able the connection you want to make with the clients. Yeah, my dad. My dad's like he's a bit of like a silent kind of guy, but every now and again he'll come out with like these pills of wisdom, and he's like, uh, he's like anyone can take pictures, but no one's you. You're like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And it's like, 
mind blown, like, and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure I said that, but yeah, you'll love that. And um, yeah, it's it's very much the case of like any anyone these days is taking fantastic pictures. You only have to scroll through some groups or anywhere and do these things. And you know what's going to separate you from the crowd if a brand contacts you know five to ten wedding photographers and they all send you know, their portfolios over, then they're all going to look pretty similar in a way. And really, yeah, everyone's taking fantastic photographs. And it became a point as well where my hero photographs were getting better and better and better. And people were booking me because of my hero photographs. But then there was an immense pressure to take better hero photographs at every single wedding. So it was just building and building and building. And my anxiety was like just going through the roof. And I was just thinking like, I can't just keep taking like, like how, how are these going to get any better? And then I found myself just recreating photographs and I was like, this is boring. Like, like we don't want to be doing this. We want to be creating new stuff. And, you know, every time a couple comes to me now and they're like, oh, I love that photo of this. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But your photos are going to look completely different in their own special way sort of thing and really sell that to start off with because I don't really want to ever be tied down to, you know, recreating any of my work as much so i do it you need to make an occasional person happy but i'd rather just approach it with a new thing every time so my, that's why i say my sort of usp in a way is, is me and that's a huge part of like you said my instagram before and yeah like my emails and things like that yeah it's funny what you talk about because i think they got the the golden wisdom nugget in that little section then is that yeah the the pressure to make pictures gives you a gives you a bit more anxiety Whereas there's never a pressure to be yourself, is there? You don't need no. to put pressure. You don't need to put pressure on yourself to go to a wedding and be yourself because that's just your natural. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just, I just, I just turn up and I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> I've done it. I've completed it. I'll go home now. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. you build your, if you build your whole approach around that, then it, surely that makes it less, makes you less anxious because you know it's easy to be yourself, and also makes you enjoy it more. Makes you enjoy the process more because you realize that you're doing your USP nat- very naturally. And if you're happy with the work you're making off the back of it, then win-win. Yeah, I mean, I would say pretty much all of my couples just want me to be there, to be by their side quite a lot of the time. And, um, you know, a, a little thing I say on all my uh, meetings is that if you don't like me, don't book me because there'll be nothing more horrendous than me turning up to a wedding where the couple are not really into me and they don't really sort of believe in me and, and the way I do things. It'll just be completely awkward and you won't you won't look like yourself in your photographs. You won't enjoy your photographs, yeah, so. Is that, is, is that why then, just moving on to the Instagram thing, Like, is that why you give so much of yourself in your Instagram stories so that people really not just you like your existing couples have obviously booked you because they like that anyway so it's giving them more of more of that side of of it and and the reason they booked and also your couples that may be looking at you will they'll either love that or they'll be maybe a little bit turned turned off by it and move on to a different photographer very much so for example like i i looked at everyone else's instagram it's a bit like with the photos really you know we're all taking good photos we're all taking good photos and putting them on instagram what like what what is no one else doing on instagram you know, no one's really doing stories where they talk to the camera, you know, only probably some really, really top photographers are doing that kind of thing. And I want my couples to really be bought into me and my work. And especially at a time like the pandemic, I don't want to be the one person that they choose not to bring along to their new date. So I've heard it time and time again with the people who've been rearranging for myself. And it's only to do with what I've put forward is that, oh yeah, you were the second person we called like after the venue. 
you know, some people have even said I was the first person they called, you know, and I've made a point of reaching out to everyone at the start of the pandemic and sort of say, everyone this year can change dates. That's fine by me. And, uh, you know, you can pick on the calendar here and we can go through that and just making it all really personable and really sort of uh, like, like I care about them, which I actually do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because they care about me. They're, they're affording me to live this amazing life. So I'm going to go out of my way to do anything possible to to help them with them and their day or their, anything like that. And the stories, in a way, are just a way of building that relationship. So I don't know. Um, things like Alan Partridge, like you watch it, you feel like you're friends with him. You feel like you know him. You know, it's very much a celebrity thing in a way, isn't it? You know, you see all this kind of celebrity stuff and then you'll meet a celebrity and you'll be like, I know so much about you when really you don't really know that much about them. And I suppose it's sort of a similar thing with the Instagram stories. I, I go on, I talk to, you know, the followers that I've got and, uh, you know, they respond really positively to it and they, they really like seeing those kind of things and seeing me, you know, raise the positivity it's such a bad time as well, which is what I was trying to do on uh, Friday, was it? If either Friday or yesterday. I think I might have watched it yesterday. Uh, but just, just I mean, what we're talking about there is you shot a wedding on Friday, right? Yeah, yeah, Friday. Friday. And then on either that day or the next day, you put a it was, series, on, it was uh, on the way home. Yeah, you put a series of Instagram stories on, just saying how how much you'd enjoyed it, how much you how positive you felt because of it. The, the stories, some of the stories that had happened on the day, and how and how, just genuinely extremely passionately how you how that day had made you feel personally as a photographer and how you felt like it had made the couple feel and it was very raw wasn't it it was it, was, it there was no it was it, well it, like and again i mean this is totally as a compliment it wasn't in any way businessy yeah yeah brilliant but it is businessy at the end of the yeah. day <laughs> yeah that's, what, that's what's so good about it it, it was a real so the, so the moment that we're talking about is um I purposely walked my couple through one of the busiest areas of the Northern Quarter in Manchester because I knew everyone was going to cheer and clap. And it's it is such a time like this that we're in now, as I described on the video, I'm not a frontline worker. I can't do anything like that. I can't, you know, I'm not being collector. I don't do anything like that. But we need people to raise the excitement and the joy and the positivity of everyone. And us as wedding photographers... Uh, have a really important job there so we can do that and we can do it sort of half-arsed and be like hey I shot my first post-covid wedding like sort of thing or we can really really get into it and go for it and be like wow weddings are back here we are sort of thing you know this is it this is what we're doing and you know purposely walking that couple through that middle bit of Manchester obviously I was trying to get a great photo out of it anyway but I was also I just loved the atmosphere of everyone just being so positive and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe somebody is getting married. Because let's face it, I think everyone's had a wedding cancelled this year, whether you're a photographer or not. You know, everyone's missing them. And for people to see they're back on in a way, it's almost like, oh, well, what about my wedding? Can can I have my wedding this year? And then it sort of stems a conversation, doesn't it? And I'm currently talking with one of my couples for later this year and they were just going to postpone completely. They're still going to postpone, but they're going to do like a, a similar sort of small day now. So that that'd be like my fourth this year. And um, yeah, it's it, it re- like I'm just like yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Very cool. But the the, the thing, like I always I always think, and I've said it before, like the most important quality you can have as a wedding photographer is empathy and like tuning into how you how your clients are feeling and how everyone's feeling on a wedding day. Really, you know, parents 
all the wedding guests, all these people who were feeling different things and coming out from different angles. But the thing that came across to me most from the Instagram story was that you you'd engineered that moment in a way. You know, the you'd taken them for the walk through the northern quarter, but not it wasn't really to get a great picture. Although you probably did get a great picture, but it's like you wanted to give them that moment, and you wanted to give everybody in northern quarter that moment, and you wanted to give yourself that moment of, of like ultimate positivity so you came at it from a different angle of like oh this would make a cool picture we should walk through here you, it's almost like you were like empathy on steroids yeah like you just you wanted to make everyone feel good at that time a hundred percent i wanted um so i'm very much a case of like i want to create like incredible memories and i want to do stuff that's incredible so for example at the gathering last year i don't i wasn't really drunk at all one night and people were singing karaoke and i was like that looks really fun I want to get involved over that. I want to have a little bit of a sing. And I felt so awkward, like, being there. People were, like, loving life. They'd had a bit of juice, you know what I mean? They were having a great time. And I just felt so awkward. But I was like, if I don't embed myself within this moment, then I'm never going to know if it would have been good or not, you know? And it's, like, the same thing for my whole life, really. Every time I see something that's sort of, like, on the edge of sort of, like being afraid, being scared, and just being pure excitement. You can just go for it with 100% because you never know. Tomorrow may be your last, Adam. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's that's motivated or I don't know where that goes. But it, the if you could give people tip, a tip or tips on how to bring their own personality into their own business, like because a lot of people are scared to do this, I think. A lot of people think that because it's their business and, you know, they need to behave a certain way or be a certain way with their clients. Like, have you got, obviously, tip one, I guess, is to be a super extrovert. But, but like, how, how do you think people can bring that into their business? So I started thinking about this a lot recently. So some people have asked me this and I've been helping a couple of people on Instagram as well to uh, try and, like, induce themselves in their, in their, in their business and try and give it more of a face and stuff. But it's really, really hard for me to sort of describe how to do it. And it, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it, it, mine comes from a really sort of deep place as well. So, you know, I don't really talk about like struggle that much, but obviously, you know, uh, that my partner went through a really, really tough time where um, she was in hospital for over a year and a half fighting leukemia. So I've got a comparison basis. I've got contrast for life in a way. So that's my lowest and you know this is my highest in a way and covid coming along and you know obviously people have passed away and it's really terrible but um at the moment like i'm far away from the worst i've been in my life you know like that was a really low point and i think without like contrast sometimes you can't almost be this level if that makes i don't really know like but it's definitely heightened since that incident within my life and you know several other incidents that make me sort of think yeah geez we're we're lucky we are you know i'm i'm incredibly lucky you know and it goes from there so it's it's really hard to uh what's it but yeah maybe jump in and just go for it jump in the deep end <laughs> i mean that's amazing to think that you've got that perspective on life and you probably, you know, maybe you do need that to to be quite as all in as you are. But I think it's brilliant. But also, just to just to mention quickly, you were due to be a groom this year as well. You were due yeah. to get married this year. So, I mean, you're affected in a way that all photographers are affected in that the rug was pulled from under us all. And our work disappeared or went to somewhere else, hopefully. Hopefully for most of us, it postponed. But you were due to be on the other side of the camera this year and uh, and be a, a groom. And, you've, and you had to postpone your own wedding. So in a way, 
it, this sound this is going to sound strange now, but I'm thinking of this on the fly. Go but this it. is this is actually going to be really helpful for you because because you are already heart on your sleeve, empathetic wedding photographer. You you have gone through this year everything that your couples have gone through this year. So the people that you're shooting next year, you're in exactly the same boat as they are on a personal level as well. So do you think that'll help you even more to have an even stronger connection with them? I mean, yeah, it's it's bizarre really. And the, the, my coping method uh, for something like postponing our own wedding and anything else in life is I deal with it like months before it even happens. So I deal with it, with it as a gradual process. I don't just get to the day and be like, oh no, it's postponed sort of thing. And, you know, just get really upset about it. So I mean, since the pandemic sort of started, I was thinking, oh, there's a possibility. And I was like, there's more a possibility. So I've sort of whittled it down in a way with that. And when it comes to next year, like I'll just be excited anyway, because I'll just be excited to be shooting, to be doing this again and for there not to be a pandemic. I mean, whether it'll be that extra 10%, hopefully, you know, maybe. Can there be? 10% 10% on 100%? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like going along with what you were just saying as well, like one of my core things about how I run my business is I just want to run it how I would want someone to run it if I was hiring them in a way, which is, it's, it's very, it's very strange in a way because I can sort of dictate everything. And then I just found, find like-minded people like myself and, and that's how it sort of works. So I never have to be a false facade. I never have to pretend to be anyone. I can just be myself it every time and yeah, it's, yeah, it's great yeah, yeah. that's good i think i mean i think just because you are the way you are i think i think it will give you an extra uh, i think you'll find another level next year on that side of things personally the way the way that you connect with your clients and the enjoyment you personally probably get out of the act of shooting weddings as well i think you'll get even more out of it next year the point of the whole conversation really is that you can't fake empathy you can't fake wanting a strong connection with your clients you can't fake wanting to you know, do an amazing job by your clients. And I and I kind of agree with you. Like I've always thought that, yeah, the, my pictures should do the talking, but if if I was a if I was a an idiot behind the scenes, I don't think anyone would book me however good my pictures were. Anyway. They find out though as well. They find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. And it's a bit like going back to the it the the moment you created for your couple last week when you took them through the northern quarter. Even though you kind of said in the story that you knew that they'd be like dying inside. And they they literally it. said, we've done it once. They literally said don't do that again, <laughs> something like that. And I purposely did it again. And but that, like, I I wouldn't have been able to do that unless I had known them and spent time with them and learned about them. You know, I could have done that, and you know, had I, had I not had their empathy and their respect, it could have gone very wrong, and they could have, you know, slammed something in my face or something, and, <laughs> and t- told me I was the worst photographer under the sun. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it PG. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but like on the the point I'm t- I'm kind of making is, in a way, I'm sure the photograph is great at that moment. But in a way, it wouldn't matter if it was an average photograph, because they would the 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 experience that they can that like layer onto the top of that photograph makes that an amazing photograph to them so much and i talk about this all the time so i take some pretty average photos sometimes i'm not gonna lie like i do you know everyone does and but the the stuff within that photograph is greater for the person who's within it or is within that moment so i talk a lot about how i am on the wedding day and how positive i am and how i make things fun and how we have a good time and that very much comes across in the photographs then and that person thinks, oh, yeah, that was that dead fun moment that we did with Adam and stuff. And, you know, it may not be the best composition. It may not be the best edit, you know, and these kind of things. But 
It's more about how the couple feel about the photograph. You know, we get so wrapped up in technicalities and, you know, buzzwords and things like that when really the couple, they just look at a photo and go, I like it or I don't like it. And we, you know, can't really change any of that with any technical jargon or words or anything like that. Like we need to, I, I, I often feel that we need to sort of let go of a lot of that and start thinking about what else we can inject into the image that is, is it personal to them in a way. It was a massive thing. Um, the wedding I did before last, you know, I was talking to the groom and we were in the church waiting for the bride. And he's like, oh, have you seen the Bible passage above uh, the archway? And I was like, oh, no. He's like, oh, it's one of my favorite. So I was like, I framed one of the photos with that in it. And he, he's like, put it on like all his thank you cards and stuff. And it's like, it's a decent photograph. I'm not going to lie. I like it. But, uh, but it's about being switched on to what they care about. I was feeling, you know, you know, thinking of them the whole time and, you know, not getting too wrapped up in our minds about creating that mirror <laughs> prism <laughs> silhouette ether. And I'm just going to say for a caveat here that I have done a mirror photo recently. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, th- I think listening is such a huge skill in uh, photography, in people photography. Like, just li- like you say, just having those conversations and listening to uh, what they actually say and not just having those conversations for the sake of it. You know, he's told you about this, the Bible passage he loves, and you, then you make a picture of it, and then he loves the picture. It's no coincidence that you mm. listened, listened to the answer and used it. And it reminds me of, um, so this, this is one of the, this really shaped a lot of the way that I, my photography went at one point. So this was probably back in like 2013, I think. I was shooting a wedding, and it was at a time when I was getting very, very, very obsessive about cool portraits. Fearless was a big thing in my mind back then, and I really wanted to win Fearless Awards and win awards in general and get recognition for my work. And I was putting, a, I was, I was asking for more and more time from my couples basically to make portraits on the wedding day. And I was doing quite a high end wedding up in Yorkshire, really cool venue, like loads and loads of options for portraits. And I think we'd gone off in a Land Rover down to the lake to do a few, and then we'd come back in the on the Land Rover back to the main house to do a few portraits. And I was just shooting and shooting and shooting, and I, I was very, very like. I was just concentrating on making the pictures, basically. And I posed the couple, beautiful light, really cool spot. The composition was going to be amazing. And the I can't remember who said it, the bride or the groom, but one of them said, can we go back to our guests in a minute? And it was, they were really, there was really like loads of disappointment in their voice that they were basically missing their wedding because I was trying to make cool pictures. And, and it's, and it was it was a real it was a massive realization for me that that wasn't what I wanted to be doing in weddings. I didn't want to be spoiling somebody's day just to make cool pictures. And obviously, straight away, I said, "Yeah, of course, go back to your guests," and instantly felt guilty. And even now, like the the, the guilt of that little moment haunts me because I never want to do that again. And from that point on, I'm, I started to, hopefully to make it more and more and more and more and more about their experience on the day. And if I can slot in five, ten, fifteen minutes here, there, here and there to do a few pictures that I want to make for them and I'll still uh, even portraits like I always feel like I'm doing it for the couple but I'll never do what I did back then which was I was that was probably an hour into a portrait session you know and and I'd I'd disappointed them I'd I'd affected their day negatively even though they they love the pictures and afterwards they were all the compliments they never came back and went oh I wish you hadn't done that but I could have the point I'm making I guess is that I could have made the most amazing picture at that moment but they would have looked at the picture and 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 remembered that that was the moment when they were missing their wedding and missing their guests. Yeah. But if you think about it as uh, what we were saying before, like how we were layering all these emotions on top of one photograph, if you think of about the whole wedding day as a whole, and, you know, first and foremost, recently, I've just been thinking about how can I just make 
this day the best day ever you know what i mean so like on the friday i've like paid for a drink for the couple paid for the uber around manchester and stuff like that these little things i'm like oh yeah come on guys we'll get exec come on we'll get we'll go all out on uber sort of thing and you know really pushing for it and you know nothing being too much trouble and i know like a lot of people are going away from this sort of like hero mentality of a wedding day you know i'm not like fully there like oh i'm gonna sew the bride into a dress again today let's do it sort of thing but it's very much the case of you know if they have a really really good day and they feel like they've had a great day and none of that day is mr beats like you say then all the photos are going to get like an extra like point aren't they every single photo is going to be like because oh, i had a great wedding day and yeah that's what they'll remember and you know like I- i've done the same thing in the past like you just said and you know taking a couple just for too long or just been messing around for too long on a photograph and just instantly regretted it when you see their faces afterwards and you think you go back in and you know their friends are doing shots without them or something and you know it's like this is sad this is where the party is like for- you know it's not under that fairy lit pagoda outside listen adam it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And I think you're a, a, you're a total uh, vindication of the fact that you can be entirely yourself and it, that it actually strengthens your business. But not only that, it makes you enjoy the process even more. So I think everybody could learn a lot from that. Thanks for being on the Dotcast. Cheers, man. I, I like, literally, like, oh, I was going to say this at the start, but like, obviously, you know, I'm a huge podcast listener, probably listen to you know, 10 plus hours a week in a way. And uh, yeah. It's it's a pleasure to sort of be featured on one for once. Yeah, I love it. I've loved it too. And I will see you very soon. All right, hit it. Thanks once again to Adam Lowndes for this inspiring chat. Check out Adam's work at adamlowndes.co.uk or on Instagram where he's Adam Lowndes Photography. You can listen to previous episodes of the Dotcast anywhere you normally listen to podcasts. And to find out more about what we do at Nine Dots, head over to nine-dots.co. To infinity and beyond.